Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hiya, Bab. Hello there. How are you doing? I'm very well. Having a lovely day. What have you been up to? Eating. Sounds great. I mean, what else can we do? <laughs> Let's eat some more. Well, not right now because we're doing the podcast. Oh, can you imagine doing the podcast while you're chewing? Well, you can imagine. You can actually hear me chewing in serious fun, can you? Yeah, when we did the slap up meal. Yeah, exactly. And you can hear me well, literally gagging, chewing, making weird noises. I think I gagged as well. Yeah, you gagged as well, which it does happen often. Right, so moving on. In an effort to make this podcast sound a little bit more professional, we've been trying to do a few tongue twisters before we start the podcast recording mm -hmm. to get our creative juices flowing. And warming our vocal cords, you know, like, uh, you know, when you do like, what, what is the word in English when you have your mouthwash, you know, like, gargle. Gargle, that. What's yeah. that in Spanish? Gargaras. Oh. It's quite similar. Yeah, it's very similar. So I thought we could start off today by trying to teach Benya some of the, in my opinion, classic British tongue twisters. Bring it on, but I have one for you once we're finished with the British ones. Okay. Uh, first one is red lorry, yellow lorry. Red lorry, yellow lorry. What's difficult about that? Try and say it faster. Okay, uh, red lorry, yellow lorry, red lorry, yellow lorry, red lorry, yellow lorry, red lorry, yellow lorry, red lorry, It's quite tough, isn't it? Yeah, the thing is, it starts easy, but it becomes more difficult the more you do it. Okay, next one. Cheryl's cheap chip shop sells cheap chips. Wait, I already forgot the first word. Cheryl's. Cheryl's. Is that a name? Yeah. Isn't Cheryl? Cheryl's Cheap Chip Shop sells cheap chips. Cheryl's Cheap Chip Shop sells cheap chips. And build it up. Okay. Cheryl's Cheap Chip Shop sells cheap chips. Cheryl's Cheap Chip Shop sells cheap chips. Cheryl's Cheap Chip Chips. Chips. <laughs> chips. Chips. Cheryl's Cheap Chip Shop sells cheap chips. Oh, you're all, all professional there. And the other one, well, these are these are from when I used to tread the boards when I was younger, when I used to do theatre, darling. Oh. So we'd always um, use these before we went on stage, you know, before the curtain rose and, you know, my adoring audience would be there to listen to me. Well, not really me. I was in the background. I was one of the little kids in the background doing a little dance, really. Your adoring audience. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, Ben's mum. <laughs> okay, so this one is a little bit different. Unique New York. Unique New York. New York unique. New York unique. Okay, now say it all together. Okay. Let me let me try to concentrate. Unique New York, New York unique. 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 Pretty good. Huh? Hmm? 
we'll make an actor of you yet. I mean, that's pretty good, isn't it? Now, the last one I want to do with you was when I was training to be a broadcast journalist. A broadcast journalist. And did you have a fan base as well uh, as well there? So your mum listened to you on the radio? <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Okay. <laughs> yeah. That was like the only person who used to listen to my bulletins. In fact, I think I actually recorded my bulletins and sent them to my mum. So I don't even think she tuned into the radio. So it didn't come for like ratings, did it? <laughs> no. Oh. But when I was training to be a newsreader, I went to see a speech therapist. It was part of the course that I was doing. And she also taught me some great tongue twisters. The one that I remember, and it's quite random, it goes like this. I like cheese. I like cheese. I like cheese the weekend. I like cheese. I like cheese. I like cheese the weekend. The weekend the singer or... Just, you know, the days, Saturday and Sunday. Okay. So I like cheese. I like cheese. I like cheese the weekend. I feel like I need to make like a flair. It's like, I like cheese. I like cheese. I like cheese the weekend. But do it faster. Okay. I like cheese. I like cheese. I like cheese the weekend. I like cheese. I like cheese. I like cheese the weekend. I like cheese. I like cheese. I like cheese the weekend. I like cheese. I like cheese. I like cheese the weekend. Pretty good. Pretty good. Could I be a broadcaster? I don't know. Can you do a newsreader's voice? Because as well as the diction, we also had a particular tone. Yeah, but you sound weird when you do that voice. Do you want to hear my newsreader voice? I've heard it, but I think that everyone else should hear it because it is weird. So I've got this um, NHS test and trace leaflet that we got from the government. Um, we are doing our lateral flows. Of course. And this is the brochure that tells you how to do your lateral flow self-testing. So if I was normally reading this to you, I'd say your step-by-step -step guide for COVID-19 self-testing. Read this whole guide carefully before you start the test. Mm -hmm. However, as a broadcast journalist reading the news on the radio, I would sound like this. I'm Ben Goodwin. Your step-by-step -step guide for COVID-19 self-testing. Read this whole guide carefully before you start the test. This guide explains how to test yourself or another person for coronavirus, COVID-19, and report the results to the NHS. See, it's weird. You know what the thing is? It's like, get into this mental image with me. Whenever I hear you make this broadcasting voice, I feel like behind you there needs to be a black wall with like a an 80s neon sign with something written in italics. It's like, I don't know, I cannot get that 80s video game or TV show thing when you have that voice. It's like you're advertising something in the 80s. Your top stories today. Yeah. Well, today in the 80s. Okay. Right, well, you know, it paid the bills for a number of years, so don't knock it, Bab. Yeah. So to be fair, since you are still learning Spanish, doing tongue twisters in Spanish seems a little bit unfair. So I'm going to try two different things. One is an actual tongue twister, but the other one is a diction exercise. Oh, I love a bit of diction. Okay. <laughs> so which one do you want to do first? Uh, let's save the diction and do the tongue twister. Okay, the tongue twister. And it was probably the, the tongue twister that even seven-year-olds challenge each other to do. It's about three tigers eating wheat in a wheat field. But they're sad as well. Oh my gosh. I'm invested. I know. It's like a whole story. Tres tristes tigres. Tres tristes tigres. Comen trigo. Comen trigo. En un trigal. En un trigal. So three sad tigers. Tres tristes tigres. Eat wheat. Come. Comen trigo. Comen trigo. In a wheat field. En un trigal. 
en un trigal. Tres tristes tigres comen trigo en un trigal. Tres tigres tigres comen tres tres tigres tigres. Very well. Did I do okay? No. Alright, let's do the diction then. Let's do the diction. We'll rehearse that later. And the diction one is very useful for anyone who's trying to roll their R's because it's exactly it's like a little phrase that is used to teach children who cannot roll their R's. Very, very Latin thing. And it's about trains as well. So it goes like this. R con R guitarra. R con R carril. Que rápido ruedan las ruedas del ferrocarril. And you expect me to remember that one? Repeat after me. R con R guitarra. R con R guitarra. 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 Oh, like guitar. Yeah, guitar, yeah. R con R guitarra. R con R guitarra. R. R. Con. Corn. It's not corn. It's con. It's weird. I'm trying to roll my R's. Yeah, but you don't put R's where there aren't any. Oh, I just thought I would give it a bit of a flair. Yeah, and suddenly you added corn. Okay. R con R guitarra. R con R guitarra. R con R carril. R con R carril. Oh, that's train. That's railway. Carril is like carriage. Que rápido ruedan. Que rápido ruedan. 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 Las ruedas. Las ruedas. Ruedas. Las ruedas. Ruedas. R-U-E. Ruedas. Ruedas. That's quite hard. Yeah. Del ferrocarril. De ferrocarril. Del, del ferrocarril. Yeah. Well, I say it every week, but I mean, you can basically say, I'm almost fluent. Uh, no. Okay, what's in the post bag this week, Bab? We've had a lot of social media interaction lately. Oh, I love a social media interaction. Do tell more. But funny enough, it has all been centred around Gary Barlow. Oh, is this the picture of me on Instagram of me wearing my new pyjamas? Yes, that is indeed. So, okay, I posted a picture of me wearing my new pyjamas that um, have the logo of a well-known international supermarket on, Aldi. I thought it was really cool that they've done this whole kind of sportswear brand with their logo. They're not really known for being a sportswear brand. Um, so I wore my new pyjamas. I was feeling a bit sexy in them, maybe. Your definition of sexy is weird. Well, like, you know, I felt really nice in them. It's a nice material. So I thought I'll post a picture on Instagram. I think we put it on Twitter and Facebook as well. We're on all the socials. But no one was really bothered about the fact that I was wearing my new pyjamas. It was the fact that there was our cat who was sat in the corner on a chair next to a cushion of the lead singer of Boy Band Take That, Gary Barlow. Indeed. And we got a lot of messages about the Gary Barlow pillow. It's worth saying we wouldn't intentionally buy a Gary Barlow pillow. Well, I probably would, but you wouldn't let me. I wouldn't allow you. But what happened is that we got one as a Christmas present from someone who thought it would be funny to give us one. And then in the back of my head, I was thinking, well, we'll put it there, we'll put it there for like two weeks and then I'll throw it away. But then it turns out that our cat loves sitting on Gary Barlow's face. I mean, I don't really think we need to comment on that. It, it's genuinely true. He likes sitting on Gary's face. It's post-patient Gary. So this is kind of like Gary in his prime. This is not Gary when he was, you know, take that and party. This is, yeah. you know, when Robbie left and they came back uh, several years later. But 
I think the picture was taken maybe before Robbie then rejoined again. I'm not really sure. Yeah, I think it's like it's like hot adult Gary Barlow. Yeah, hot Gary Barlow, yeah. and that that's when Gary Barlow was his best as a as he matured. I thought, in, in my opinion, yes. I'm I'm not keen on the boy band look, but he's also in kind of a weird military outfit that they've obviously photoshopped onto him. It's very bizarre. But in the end, the cat loves it. The cat loves sitting on Gary Barlow's face, so we kept the pillow. And the pillow will stay. And everyone spotted the pillow, so shout out to Gary Barlow. So today, Bab, we have a spooky topic. I wish people could see your face. You tried to do like a scary ghost face, but you just looked like, I don't know, you were having a poo? I'm with Jazz Hands. I'm with Jazz Hands as well. Jazz Hands! So you were having a poo with Jazz Hands, but it was meant to be spooky. Mm, well, isn't it spooky, the idea of having a poo with Jazz Hands? I don't know, but that's what we're talking about today. Not poo and Jazz Hands, we're talking about ghosts. We're talking about spooky ghosts. Spooky ghosts. So, Argentinian and British ghost stories. Did you, when you were younger, ever, you know, when you were out with your friends, maybe around a campfire, you'd gone camping for the weekend or something, did you ever tell ghost stories around the fire? No, not really. I used to tell one and I managed to tell it for quite a number of years. Do you want to hear it? Okay. Um, I don't know where I heard it from. I might even have made it up myself. It's pretty poor. But basically, it's about a girl called Jocasta. Jacasta, yeah. Like, oh, who was Jacasta? Why do I know that name? Uh, Jacasta Innes was an interior designer on BBC One back in the day. But I mean, Jacasta is quite an old name, so you've probably heard it before. And it really doesn't matter for this story. I think I change the name of Jacasta every time I tell it, so don't feel like you need to be invested in the name. Yeah, okay. But the thing is, is whilst you were talking, I'm just googling. Jacasta was Oedipus mother and wife. Ah, okay. That's why the name rang about. Because I'm so cultured that I know these things. Yeah. I mean, I didn't know it. I googled it, but well, it, it rang, rang a bell about. in your head. Exactly. So anyway, Jocasta is babysitting. Gary and Amanda have gone out for the night. Is the kid's name Oedipus? No, I don't know what the kid's name's called. Sally okay. and John. Okay. So Gary and Amanda have gone out for a night on the town. Mm-hmm. Jocasta's looking after... I can't even remember the kids' names now. She's <laughs> looking after the kids. Yeah, Sally and inverted. John. Sally and John. Well done. You're listening. Anyway, she's there at home and she's just sat watching telly and the phone rings. Oh, I'm sorry. So was I supposed to do like a ring, ring, ring? No, 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 Am no, no, I no, doing no, no, like no. sound effects? No, no. this okay. is my ghost story. Okay. So Jocasta goes to the phone and she thinks it might be Gary or Amanda saying that, you know, they're coming back early or not. And she just hears this heavy breathing down the phone. Okay. <sighs> oh, I am the man with the bloody finger. And I am one mile from the house. So Jocasta slams the phone down and she runs back into the lounge and hides under the blanket that she's got. And she's really really scared she goes upstairs she checks on the kids they're fine she turns all the lights on in the house and then turns them all off again and turns them back on she's just in a bit of a panic okay but the guy is still a mile away so well the phone then rings again (sighs) i am the man with the bloody finger and i am half a mile from the house i mean so jocasta is like she is panic stations now So she doesn't know what to do. She goes to text Gary and Amanda, but of course, no battery. 
I think when I originally told this story, we didn't actually have mobile phones. So, you know, I'm just covering all bases here yeah. <laughs> for all time periods. So she's, you know, she's really, really scared. Of course, the phone rings again. She's like, I am not answering the phone. To be fair, it's a very polite, bloody finger guy, isn't it? He's letting a man, uh, a man, a jocasta know where he is at all times. He's, he's very polite. So the phone rings again. Mm-hmm. She doesn't answer. Okay. Of course, it goes to answer machine. Okay. The beep goes on the answer machine. I am the man with the bloody finger. And I am 100 yards from the house. To be fair, if anything, I feel like I'm learning about the imperial system more than anything. Well, Jacasta was not learning anything. She <laughs> was shitting herself. Needless to say, 10 minutes later, the phone rings again. 10 minutes? I am the man with the bloody finger. And I'm at the door. I mean, 10 minutes to do 100 yards. And I'm at the door. You should be really scared. Oh, sorry. Yeah, yeah, I'm really scared now. So the doorbell rings. Yeah. So the guy did have a, phone, a mobile phone, even though it wasn't a mobile phone era at that time. Well, I don't know. There's a, there's always a phone. Okay. Or maybe just the doorbell rang. Maybe you just stop it. Just stop. Let me tell my story. <laughs> The doorbell rings. The man with the bloody finger is at the door with okay. a scary voice and he is really scary and okay. he's about to do some really scary things to Jocasta. Okay. Jocasta was like, I don't know what to do. She's panicking, she's panicking, but for whatever reason, she feels like she has to go and open the door. She needs to know who the man with the bloody finger is. Okay. So she creeps slowly to the door. She's thinking in her head, what can I throw at him? You know, how am I going to get the kids out of the house? But, you know, he's obviously not going to stop. So I need to confront him. And she opens the door very slowly. And there he is. The man with the bloody finger. Turns out it was Gary. Oh, Jocasta, you'll never guess what happened. I cut my finger on the way to the restaurant. Have you got a plaster? <laughs> and it was Gary and Amanda all along. He was just a bit, he was just a bit drunk. They'd had a beer on the way to the, oh gosh, it was a bad story, wasn't it? It depends. But all I can think of now is like, I, th I feel like the guy with the bloody finger probably was with a bloody finger because he was holding one of those like early 1990s mobile phone that was like a whole briefcase. And he was trying to call the house and into his finger because it was like a, a you know, that the dial up roller thing. The dial? The dial. And maybe he injured his finger there. Oh, well. Anyway, that was my ghost story. I used to dine out on that story. Like, literally dine out on that story. People loved that story. But now with hindsight, it's a bit shit. Mm, I mean... <laughs> <laughs> well, it made you laugh, though. It made you laugh. Yeah, it did make me laugh. So the thing is, we didn't tell necessarily ghost stories, but we used to sort of try and call upon them. And, of course... Oh, no, you didn't do a Ouija board. We didn't have a Ouija board, so we did the next best thing, which was basically you put, like, the letters and the yes and no in, like, pieces of paper or whatever, and then you turn a glass upside down, and everyone in the room has a finger on the glass, and then you call upon the spirits, and then the glass is supposed to start moving by itself. And does it? We never got to talk to any ghosts through that. It was always... Whenever it moved, it was always someone... Uh, doing it out of boredom because of course it wouldn't move by itself so eventually someone started pushing it someone at uni did one with a book and it really freaked me out it was like a book on a 
on a piece of string Mm -hmm. and you asked the book questions and it would spin in certain directions. But then after we finished it, we had to like leave the book outside for a day. I mean, I left it out for about three weeks. I was so scared. Like I was like, let those spirits go. Stuff like that really freaks me out. To be fair, we used to do it a lot, but again, it, it was more a thing of fun. It wasn't never, it, it was never a scary thing, really. So let's talk about ghosts where we're from. Mm-hmm. Obviously, I'm from York, which is a city in the north of England, has a very rich history, very turbulent past. It was founded by the Romans. We've had the Vikings invade. Then there was the Normans and the Civil War. So a lot of stuff has happened mm-hmm. in York throughout time. According to the International Ghost Research Foundation, they said that York is the most haunted city in Europe due to the fact that it has this blood-stained history. And apparently there's been over 500 hauntings within the ancient city walls. Okay. Some people say it's the most haunted city in the world. In fact, we even have our own ghost festival, which was started in 2004 by the local paranormal investigation group, York paranormal okay that's a very straight to the point name isn't it yeah and there's one pub alone called the golden fleece that apparently has 15 spirits that are haunting it i mean it's a pretty crowded place i mean as long as they pay rent well I, that's the problem i don't think they do ah, then kick them out get the bailiffs <laughs> so the whole ghost craze in york started well it didn't really start in the 1950s but in the 1950s there was a guy called harry martindale now he was an apprentice heating engineer and he saw 20 Roman soldiers that were only visible from the knee up and they were marching through the cellar of Treasurer's house which was where he was working. Now he said that he saw a soldier wearing a helmet emerge from a wall followed by a a cart horse and then the other soldiers followed. Mm -hmm. He was so scared that he fell from a ladder and he stumbled into a corner. Okay are we sure that he fell from the ladder after seeing the ghost and not before. Well, he was so frightened by what happened that he took two weeks off work. And of course, he then told people the story, but people laughed it off and said, you're making it up. So it wasn't until the 1970s when they were making a television documentary about York and its haunted past that it kind of came to the foray again. But it did emerge that the old Roman road into the garrison ran through where he was at that time and was about 15 inches lower than the cellar floor. Hence why he only saw them from... From the knees up. From the knees up. Okay. And also, it also gained legitimacy after he described several aspects of the soldier's clothing that apparently he wouldn't have known about at the time because we hadn't discovered those artefacts that proved that. So that was what really set off the sort of ghost craze, if you like, in York. Um, And there's loads of... We'll have to do it when we go back up north. There is loads of really cool ghost tours that you can do. The best story I ever heard when I did one was that there was a man in boots, you know, the chemist. Mm -hmm. And every morning he used to make the rest of the team a cup of tea. Okay. While they had like a morning brief or something before the shop opened. One day he was making everybody the cup of tea. And while he was carrying the tray of teas and coffees out to the staff, he had a heart attack. Okay. But before he fell to the floor, he put the tea down on the table and then collapsed. Okay, so he saved the tea because I can imagine that in Yorkshire, that's probably the most important part of it. Yeah. And unfortunately, he then died. Okay. But every year on the anniversary of his death, the rumour is that a cup of tea is made by itself for the staff. And it's the gentleman who 
you know, would make his staff a cup of tea every day. Ah, oh, that's really nice. That type of ghost, I'm not afraid of. But since moving to this country, I am kind of afraid of encountering some like the Roman soldiers or something like that. Not necessarily because I'm afraid of the ghosts, but it's like a cultural shock, isn't it? Because I, I'm going to be in front of a ghost and the ghost going to talk in like yeah old English, you know, like yeah, I'm haunting thee and so or whatever. And I'm not going to be able to understand what he's saying. So he's going to be there trying to haunt me and I'm going to be there. Yeah, do you speak more than English, mate? Because I don't know what the hell you're saying. But do people, when they see ghosts, have, like, conversations with them? I mean, some of them do. But that's the part that I'm, that I'm afraid of. More than ghosts, I'm fine with it. Just don't throw me one of the old ones, because it's kind of like, how do we communicate with each other? Morse code? I don't know Morse code. I don't know when Morse code was invented. So I, so how do I communicate with a ghost that speaks a language that doesn't exist anymore? Maybe just give them a little wave. I'm sure people have waved from millenniums. Well, yeah, but maybe it meant something different in the time. Maybe it was like an invitation. Well, I tell you one ghost that doesn't need an invitation. George Villiers, first Duke of Buckingham. He's a ghost in York and he's a very, very naughty ghost. So, wait, 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 wait. Before we get into the ghost story, he was Duke of Buckingham. Yeah, but he lived in York. But he lived in York. Yeah. Is that allowed? Oh, I don't know. Maybe he had a holiday home there, an Airbnb that he was staying at. Oh, that sounds nice. Anyway, he is the occasional inhabitant of the ladies' toilets in the Cock and Bottle pub. Okay, there's a lot of things there that made me chuckle. He's been known to manhandle the women in the powder room. Okay. And he was even chased by a former landlord when he was caught spying on the landlady in the shower. Okay, so he was a little bit of a creep. Well, yeah, it was when the landlord reached the attic and realised that the peeping Tom had vanished, they then blamed it on George. And the other one, another naughty ghost in York as well, I found this on TripAdvisor, you'll like this. So this is a review of a tea room in York. So the title is Ghost in the Toilet? Wow. Okay. Visited the tea room and enjoyed lovely afternoon tea in the garden with the family. Sounds lovely so far. The staff were efficient and friendly. Oh, very precise. Efficient and friendly. What else can you ask for? Absolutely. Now, this is where the ghost comes into it. Okay. Before leaving, I visited the ladies' toilets. Whilst washing my hands, felt what I thought was a child grab me by the leg, but no one was there. Okay. So is that the ghost then? Five stars. Five stars? Yeah. Ghost included? Yeah. I mean, it must have been really good tea if you go through a harrowing ghost experience and you still give it five stars. Absolutely. So what about Argentina? Have you got some good ghost stories from back home? So there's a lot of uh, ghost stories and it depends on where uh, you are in the country. There are sort of different ones from uh, different ones in different places. And, you know, it's sort of the classic ones, you know, the cemeteries, the abandoned hospitals, uh, things like that, the abandoned houses, things like that. Because your cemeteries in Argentina are massive. They're like little towns, aren't they? Yeah, they're, they they are gorgeous. You have all of these massive mausoleums, very, very ornate, very uh, decorated. It's not really 
done that much like that anymore but back in the day where people had a lot of uh, a lot more money they used to uh, have uh, very ornate graves there was this guy that had like a whole sculpture made in Italy and brought from Italy for the grave of his son uh, you can actually do tours I did a midnight tour there it was really really it's like an architectural tour it's not like a ghost tour or anything and you just go with a lot of everyone takes a flashlight and you just go and you have someone who's an architect telling you about the architecture of the different mausoleums and it's just done at midnight but surely it would be better done in the day when you could see more well, yeah, but it's kind of more interesting to appeal to that midnight uh, element, isn't it? Just whether are, are you going to see a ghost or, or, or something like that. And did you? No. But funny enough, we had last year a quarantine ghost. Ooh. So imagine this. The city was in complete lockdown, empty, empty streets. And there's this camera that is very, very high on a roundabout where we build a, a massive Christmas tree. And this is in Rosario? Where yeah, you're this from. is in Rosario. And on the top of the, the masters there, there's a camera that is from a one of the news channels there in the city. Our top story today! Exactly. And to be fair, it happened at the end of one of their new shows. You know how sometimes the new shows show like a panoramic view of the city? And they were showing a panoramic view of a, a very big avenue there that, well, just showing it empty because of quarantine. And suddenly you see like these semi-shadow, semi-translucent person running across the road. Oh, I've got goosebumps, Bab. To be fair, it has to be said, it crossed with the proper lights and respecting the, the zebra crossing. So wow. to be fair, it must have been like a foreigner ghost. We don't do that. But maybe it was a ghost on his holiday. Maybe he thought, yeah, there's empty streets. I'm going to catch a ghost flight to Argentina and explore while I can. Yeah, exactly. So if you like, if you're a ghost and you're haunting like house, a museum, or something like that, but everything's closed, no one's there, so you take holidays. Wow, that's amazing. And did they ever see the ghost again? Uh, no, it hasn't appeared again. So it was a one-off. So maybe he returned to whatever he was haunting before. Was it a bit of a celebrity though? Uh, I mean, it made the news. It was in the it was in the news, and a lot of people commented on Twitter and and things like that. So you had some great stories in Argentina during COVID, though. Obviously, it was a really really difficult time, a really sad time for a lot of people. But your news in Argentina seemed to try and lift people's spirits, and they really got obsessed with a cat that was stuck up a apartment building. Yeah, but it was stuck by like two weeks and there was like daily reports on that. I don't know why it was stuck like two weeks because people were feeding him so they could have taken it down. But the best story for me was that every day there were the news were saying, oh, this celebrity has COVID or this celebrity has COVID or something like that. And they, and they weren't really those many cases. So it must have been a slow day and no celebrities had COVID that day. So they started reporting on a news channel that the uncle of the husband of a celebrity had COVID. <laughs> and that was on national news. That, that was, uh, yeah, that was pretty much on national news. It was El Tío del Marido de Pampita. Gosh. And that was news. And of course, that blew up on social media. Because even now, like a year later, that it actually was published, whenever they say uh, something has happened, there's someone on Twitter or on Facebook that says, no, but nothing matters. All that matters is I want an update on how the uncle of the husband of the celebrity is. Well, I mean, that's a good question. How is he? Don't know. No idea. I don't think they reported it on it anymore. Well, that's a shame. Anyway, back to ghosts. Yes. I think we've probably kind of alluded to the fact that we both 
believe in ghosts. Believe is a strong word. Well, we certainly had ghost experiences. Yeah, so I take a very scientific approach to ghosts. I'll I'll call them ghosts, but I won't say that they are the spirits of the dead or anything like that. I just class them as things that I cannot explain. But as a scientist, or as a person who believes in science, I don't assume its origin. I just leave it open and it could be so many things. It could be a product of my mind. It could be part of the multiverse. It could be... Uh, different dimensions colliding, it could be your own mental energies uh, projecting, it could be a lighting effect. I I'm just open to whatever explanation they might be. Okay, so n nice to know all your theories there. Yeah, so basically you just believe in ghosts? I think I do, yeah. I mean, from the experiences I've ever had, and obviously we'll talk about that in a second, but I don't know, I think never underestimate anything. I guess I'm probably a little bit more erring to the side that they are people who have passed on in one form or another um, and are, for whatever reason are trying to reach out to the living. I mean, I do think though, being a ghost must be quite stressful. You're all around and there's like loads more people on the earth. Like if you're an old ghost, like from the olden days, there's like loads more people on the earth. There's all this like technology and all this new stuff that you've got to come to terms with and you've still got to do a bit of haunting as well. It must be quite difficult being a ghost, I think. And you're just probably like annoyed all the time that there's just so many people around. Like if you were like a ghost on a farm in the middle of nowhere and then yeah. suddenly they build a housing estate, you're going to be really annoyed. Or unless you were like a hipster ghost, you know, like uh, like with a wool hat and a mum bun and something like that. You sort of are ahead of your times. Well, then you'll fit right in. Yeah, exactly. You'll be straight down Brick Lane or Shoreditch or wherever the... I don't know where the hipsters yeah. go. So maybe if you're a ghost that gets on with the times, then you'll be fine. If you're stuck in the past, stuck in the old ways, well, yeah. Then... I'd like to think if I was a ghost, I'd try and keep up on all the modern technology. Oh, no, I would be the opposite. I would be all the time just moaning. You would hear me, you would hear me haunting, but that would just mean moaning about people being people. Oh, no, but I'd want to be like, I'd want to be going into people's TikToks and like going, woo! in the middle of a TikTok. Yeah, no, I'm, I mean, I, I don't go into TikTok being alive, so <laughs> I wouldn't even think about it. No, I would be, I, I would be such a, a, a very, very obnoxious ghost. I would even dress prior to my time to make it even worse, to make it look like I'm even older. What, like a, like Neanderthal or something? Yeah, you know, it's because I'm an old soul. <laughs> You're an old something, bad. Mm. Right. <laughs> Before we go down that rabbit hole, I know. let's, um, I want to hear about, because you, you've got a couple of good ghost experiences. I'll go through the first one. So when we moved to the house where my mum currently lives, still. Shout out to Benya's mum. Does she listen? I don't know, actually. I haven't asked her, but she doesn't really speak a lot of English. So I would say probably not. Okay. Maybe she downloads it just to give us the... Yeah. The download rating. We need all the downloads we can get. <laughs> Could you buy a spare phone and download it on that? I know. No, a burner phone. <laughs> so basically, I remember once, uh, so you've been to my mum's house. So in her bedroom, there's the bed and then there's like a, a chest of drawers and there's a TV there. And the TV is like right by the door. So I was just uh, in my mum's bed watching telly because we either had that telly or a telly downstairs and someone must have been watching telly downstairs. And basically I saw 
someone like peering out the door, uh, showing their head, you know, like where they, is it peering the word? Yeah. Like, like oh yeah. Yeah, exactly. Exactly like that. Uh, and then sort of went out. Now, the problem with that is that it was, oh, how can I explain this? So it wasn't on the opposite wall. Okay. It was from outside of the bedroom, but it came from that wall, the wall of the bedroom, not the wall behind it. So if it would have been like a light effect, like a shadow or something, you would have seen it on the wall behind. No, this just peered right across the road. I got like really scared and went downstairs and I didn't really say anything. And then probably months later, uh, we were just having a, a, a chat with one of my brothers and my mum and just talking about nothing really. And it kind of comes out that we've all kind of seem to have seen similar things. It seems to be like, I call it like an 80s ghost because it seemed to have like an 80s spam. Okay. Whatever it was, it seemed or it felt female. But I think that was just sort of like the, the hair. Yeah, but everyone had a perm in the 80s. Yeah, it could be a man or a woman. Yeah, it could have been. But I felt like it was a, a, a woman. Yeah, and basically in different parts of the house, in different occasions throughout the years, we all had seen it. Whatever it was, never really interacted other than just seeing it. We were never sure what was it, but we kind of said, well, actually, it would be nice if we would have interacted. It would have been because realistically, we didn't feel like it was a presence that meant us any harm. I don't think it was a presence that even sensed us there. It was just going about its thing, living its best afterlife. Yeah, probably. And that's the thing. I think we always thought, well, it probably would have been good to have a like a, a mini catch up, you know, like just, oh, how are you doing? What are you doing? Is do we know you? Have we met at some point? How are you feeling? Do you know who lived in the house before you lived there? No idea. I don't know. I, I think it's the, this one is kind of like a moo ghost story in terms that it doesn't really go anywhere. It's just something that we've seen. And that is kind of the end of it. We've Since then, we've seen it again a few times, but nothing much, really. It's just your average household ghost. Yeah, exactly. Just there. My experience with the paranormal, we know who it is because it's my mum's uncle. And he was very close to my mum when my mum was growing up. He always wanted children, but was never blessed with any. So he used to treat my mum, you know, as his own child in, in many ways. Unfortunately, I've never met him. He passed away before I was born, but everybody who met him said how amazing he was. Now, before he died, one of the things he said to my mum was that I'll always be there for you. Oh, that's really sweet. And actually he has. So the first house that my parents bought, and I think it was my dad who woke up in the middle of the night and they had a chair at the end of the bed and there was a man sat there lacing up his boots. It sounds like really scary. Well, I think it could have been quite scary, but my mum's uncle was known for his massive boots and he was always taking great care of them. He was always shining them. And my mum saw it and immediately realised that it was her uncle. So I don't think they worried after that because they knew who it was and they knew it was somebody who said that they were going to protect my mum. So it was kind of a reassuring presence in many ways. 
And then my parents moved to a new house, the house that I was born in. And my mum always says that when she went to view the house, the gate opened for her before she pushed it, if you know what I mean. Now, of course, my mum's, you know, she was very honest about it and said it was probably the wind. But then my auntie on my dad's side came to visit the house when they bought it and moved in. And the first thing she said when she walked into the house was, this feels like a really good house. And my mum said, why? And she said, because the gate opened for me. So the same thing happened to my dad's auntie as well. So it's a very welcoming house. Yeah. And again, my mum and dad put it down to my mum's uncle. And I know the odd times that I remember my parents arguing when I was younger, that he had a punch bowl that he'd given my mum before he died. Okay. And that would vibrate really erratically whenever they had an argument. Like rattle? Yeah, 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 yeah. And not for, you're probably thinking, oh, because of the sound, but it wasn't the sound because they could be in another room or something and it would it would kind of like vibrate. And then there was the time when I saw him, I woke up in the middle of the night, I would have been a teenager, about 14, 15, and there was a man sat at the bottom of my bed. The best way to describe it was that somebody had drawn a pencil drawing in the darkness of a, an old man. So like the AHA video, something like that, that's what... Yes, but less cartoony. It felt very okay. real. Like okay. what I was seeing was a fully formed person, even though they were kind of drawn out of a pencil. Okay, yeah, makes sense. Now I panicked. I really panicked. It was really scary. I turned the light on, I shot up and I ran. My dad was away at the time and I ran into my mum's room and I said, mum, I've just seen something really terrifying. And my mum said, you've seen my uncle. And I said, how do you know? And she said, because I saw him about 10 minutes ago. Okay, so he was like taking care of all of you. Yeah, yeah. And after that, I never worried about it myself because I'd seen it, I'd acknowledged it, and I knew if I saw it again, I knew that it was him. And I did see him a few times, but mainly kind of hands and feet that I would see. And the one other thing that I do remember was coming down to breakfast one day. Everyone else was asleep in the house and a whole loaf of bread had sliced itself not from the supermarket sliced no 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 no. it was like a, a loaf of bread that you slice yourself at home okay and it was the, and I asked my mum I asked my dad I asked my brother I asked anybody who could have possibly even come anywhere near our house and everybody said no like before we went to bed last night that bread was whole and the next day it was all sli perfectly sliced great for toast I mean, was it the right thickness? Absolutely, house? yeah. So, you know, I was very, very grateful. You know what the thing is? is I, I think it's a really, really sweet story. I think that now we have oversold this episode because we started like, ooh, spooky, spooky. And realistically, although we're talking about ghosts, we're talking about very sweet stories, aren't we? Because my next ghost story is actually quite sweet as well. At least I think it's quite sweet as well. So there's nothing that spooky about it other than the fact that the ghosts. Because you lived with a ghost, didn't you? Oh, yeah, yeah. I had a flatmate. Uh, well, a ghost flatmate. He was called Tito. Now, is that because you knew that that was his name or because that was the name you gave him? No, I didn't. The thing is, I didn't name him because uh, he came with a flat. So basically what happened is when I moved out from my mum's house, I rented a flat that belonged to a couple of friends of mine who were brother and sister. Uh, and the brother used to live there before, and he had encountered the ghost, and he named him Tito. And I had been in that flat before, so I have I had encountered Tito before I moved in. So it was kind of a selling point 
for you renting the flat? Well, the thing is, is what what tended to happen is that when you were in the flat at certain times, you would hear like a knocking noise behind uh, in the front, coming from the kitchen. You know, like a. But when you went into the kitchen, the noise stopped, and if you went out of the kitchen again, it would resume. And again and again, basically, whenever you went into the kitchen, it stopped. Now, it's worth saying, this flood is in a fourth floor in a brick and cement building. So you saw the Zoopla advert that said, two-bedroomed flat available with ensuite bathroom and ghost. Yeah, although it was a one-bedroom flat and just one bathroom. Oh, okay. So when I moved in, then, and it's worth saying, when you move in Argentina, for example, you normally take your own fridge, your own washer. Other than the cooker and the boiler, then all of your kitchen appliances, you take your own, you take your washing machine, you take your fridge and so on. But this was the first time that I was living by myself. So I had to buy everything from scratch. I actually didn't have a washing machine for like six months. What did you do? Like wash it in the sink? No, I went to my mum's. Okay. Or went to the laundromat. Okay. Um. Sorry, I don't know why I assumed that you would wash it in the sink I mean, when there were perfectly good laundromats around. I mean, did you also imagine me like with a head handkerchief, something like, and a big flowery dress, like if I were on the shore of the creek? Like, <laughs> yeah, with the washboard. With the washboard, yeah. Is that what I, what you imagine? I was kind of going there, yeah. I mean, let's go back to series one, episode one for national stereotypes. No, it's not. <laughs> Right, baby, I love you. So basically, uh, before I put in my fridge and so on, I just double checked because realistically, again, science method. Well, my assumption was that the nose really was the fridge, my friend's fridge. However, that didn't explain why it stopped when um, when you went to the kitchen. But anyway, when I went in, when my friend took all of his appliances, I checked everything to see whether I don't know there was like any feces in case there was a rat. Not, there aren't really rats that high because there's not a lot of places that they can get wet, but just in case or anything that could sort of make their noise and there was nothing there. So, okay, I thought it was just a coincidence. I didn't really put a lot of thought about it. So I went in, put in my fridge and then just sort of moved in and continued with my life and it happens. And when you go to the kitchen, nothing. It stops. But to be fair, but that, but then by then I knew that Tito was there, so I just continued with my life. But then what happened very interestingly is that my dad gave me as a gift a a wall clock, which my friend didn't have. So I hung the wall clock, and during the night it stopped. And it stopped always at the same time, which is probably like 20 to 9, something like that. Which, funny enough, fun fact, is the time at which clocks tend to stop when they are running out of battery because they need more energy to get their their arms up. Yeah. So realistically, what what did I think? It's the battery. Yeah. So I changed the batteries. Brand new batteries. Next day, same thing. 
What, when you say brand new batteries, though, did you go for a supermarket-owned brand or did you go for like? Duracell? Oh no, no, the the proper brand ones. You went for Duracell. Yeah. Okay. So you splashed out on some good batteries. Good batteries. Because I I feel that that gets people a lot of time. Like they go and buy, and I'm not you know supermarkets are amazing, but if you're going to buy a battery, get a good one. And also, especially when you're troubleshooting things, get the good thing. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, anyway, new batteries, no, nothing. If it's not the battery, it's the clock. There's something wrong with the clock. So follow my investigation train of thought. Um, <laughs> Did you take the clock to pieces? No, I didn't take the clock to pieces. I just didn't use it anymore. But then my dad decided to replace it and he gifted me a different clock. Is your dad into clocks? <laughs> I'm, I, I think he was trying to make me be into clocks. <laughs> but anyway, I think he felt responsible because he had gifted me the, the clock. So he replaced it, basically. I think your dad is a secret horologist. It might be. So new clock in, same thing. New clock, new battery, same thing. Clock stops, 20 to 9, doesn't work. So again, not the battery, not the clock, it's the wall. I'm thinking, well, maybe somehow where how it's hanged, the angle or something like that is making it stop. So basically, I changed it into a different wall. In the same room, different different wall. Same thing. Stops. And it doesn't work anymore. So eventually, I just never had a clock anymore. But what I started noticing is that Tito appeared far more often when I came back for work, like, like really stressed, like in a bad mood or something. It's like you were like really in your head, like really cursing. And... So to be honest, I've always took it as like Tito making me know that he was there. It's like keeping you company. Yeah, maybe he was trying to, With I'm thinking with the clock, maybe he was trying to make you think like, chill out, don't worry about the time, you know, make time for yourself, like don't worry about clock watching and just care for yourself. Yeah, maybe. exactly. So maybe whatever Tito was, maybe it was like a, a well-being coach or something like that. But and that's the thing. I, I think that it's also like a very sweet story, in terms that he was there for me. And did you ever, when you moved out of the flat, did you find out what happened to the people who lived in it after you? Or no, I never did because then after I moved out, they rented the flat to just some random person that we didn't know. So um, it's not like we could continue to investigate, if you like. But also, I don't think I was interested in continuing investigating. It, it, it was what it was. It was really good. It was really positive and it was really helpful. So I, I had a flatmate it, that just happened to be a ghost. Wow. But it's true what you say, like the, the, the experiences we have with ghosts are not really like what you see in books and films and television, where they're there to haunt and there to cause harm. And even a lot of the ghost stories that we kind of talked about earlier on, you know, particularly the ones in York and stuff, like a lot of them are quite gruesome, whereas our experiences have actually been really quite uplifting in a way. Yeah, so mine's have been either neutral, like the, the one in my mum's house, so nothing, nothing much there, or very positive. I've never had, in all of my ghost encounters, if you like, I've never had sort of like a negative one or a scary one. I suppose the only one for me was when I was growing up um, and we moved to the village where I spent, you know, most of my teenage years. And there was a manor house there and there was a groundskeeper's lodge at the front of the 
manor house that was fairly dilapidated. Mm -hmm. And one night, some friends and I decided that we were going to knock on the door of this former groundskeeper's cottage. So is this like the origin story for the bloody finger story? The man with the bloody finger. No, no. it's knocking on the door. Well, I knocked on the door and then all my friends ran off because it turns out that it wasn't a dilapidated house. There was somebody living in it. And I think they were just having some kind of like long-term renovations going on. So when the curtain started twitching, I ran off and, you know, pooped my pants. And um, yeah, we never did that again. So it wasn't a ghost, it was an actual person. Yeah, it was an actual person. So I think you're right. I feel like we've misled the listener this week. You know, you started off saying we're talking about the spooky topic of ghosts when actually we're just like, yeah, ghosts are great. They're lovely. It's lovely to have them around. Well, but at the same time, I suppose that it's still sort of the unexplained. It's still like a mystery. So it's still kind of spooky. Well, you seem to give like a million theories about what ghosts are. So, you know, we could probably spend the rest of our lives analysing what all those might mean. Well, yeah. But again, I, I, I think that for me, the spooky thing is the part that it's not explained. But the thing, yeah, it is. This is a very uplifting episode of the series, isn't it? Woo! Yay, ghosts! Ghosts are great! Yeah! <laughs> well, if you've got any ghost stories of your own that you want to share with us, scary or uplifting, then you can share them with us on Twitter at BarebackPod. You can also share them on Instagram at BarebackPodcast. Or on the Book of Face, just find us Bareback. Just search it and you'll find us. Or you can also, if you want to send us like a long ghost story, you can email it to us at barebackpodcast at gmail.com. Or oh, send pictures as well. Well, that's kind of thing of ghosts. It's difficult to get them on photos, is it? Well, the TV crew in Argentina managed it during uh, lockdown. Yeah, but it was like a 24-hour camera going all the time. Oh, do you know what? I know someone who's got one of those ring cameras. You know, that like film when someone comes to your door. Maybe we can ask them if we can go through all their footage and see if we can find one ourselves. Yeah, we can put those cameras like inside places and search for ghosts. Yeah, I, I don't know about doing it in our house. I'm not sure if our house is haunted. It's quite new. I think, to be fair, this house was probably a farm, you know, before the houses were built. So at best, we're going to get some cows. Oh, ghost cow. Can we have like a ghost barbecue? <laughs> I don't know if it works like that. Maybe we'd have to invite real human ghosts around to then have the ghost cows on the barbecue. But I don't know. Can you kill something that's already dead? I, I don't know. I'm just in for ghost barbecue. Okay. While you try and make ghost barbecues a thing, I'm going to order an EMF machine off Amazon. What's that? You know, it detects the electromagnetic fields. Ah, okay. So it detects the ghosts that affect... Yeah, and I'm just going to go around the estate and just double check that, you know, we're not living in a haunted neighbourhood. And if you're a ghost listening to this podcast and you're a good ghost, an uplifting ghost, then come say hi. Hiya! But at this point, we're on the other end. So, bye! Bye! bye. bye. See ya! Spooky!